Mike's Video Game Podcast. I miss you, Mike. Hello and welcome to Mike's Video Game Podcast. I'm Mike Geig. And I'm Mike Wu. And apparently, uh, I've just been informed that I've missed some major announcements yeah, and I, we hit record quickly so right. we can get my actual reactions to it. Right. I walked into this house assuming Mike had already been up to speed on all this stuff. And so I just casually asked him what he thought of Disney opening Star Wars themed parks right in and california I'm, and uh, and florida and he was like what this has kind of blown my mind now i wasn't exactly prepared for this yeah, to be clear so. mike's named his children after <laughs> only one. one i named a child uh luke yes uh no i uh, this is completely i well you had mentioned the d23 yeah conference which yeah. again i had never even heard yeah, of so. and let me be uh clear because hopefully a listener can clarify if i made uh, made a mistake in okay. what I called it. I believe it's called D23, and I believe it I ha- it started a few years ago, like in 2010, um, where it's a Disney convention for fans to become informed about the latest plans that Disney has going forward. So okay. you'll learn about all the new Pixar films that are coming out, like Toy Story 4 is coming. Um, I didn't know that. All, uh, all their plans for Star Wars, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. And I think in 1923, Disney was incorporated or started as a company. So that's, so that's why where the 23 maybe. comes from. This could I could be wrong, but I think I remember sure. reading reading okay. this. Okay, yeah. so theme parks then, uh, both in California. Or? No, one in California and one in Florida, and I think they're going to be like they often do. Um, they're going to be based off of uh, the same plan. So sure. when I was there just a few weeks ago in Disney World in Florida, uh, my wife was like, "No, let's not go to Hollywood Studios because it does. This seems like everything is closed." Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was just her way of poo pooing going there. So it's okay, mm-hmm. fine, we'll just go to the. Uh, Animal Kingdom, which I've been to before. Which but is fine. awesome. Yeah, it was fine. We'll go. Sure. Yeah. Um, and no, it turns out she was right. <laughs> In this article <laughs> I read, they were talking about the fact that, yes, there's lots of things are being closed down and they have a plans that, that they're finally the talking about, out. which is 14 acres apiece, one in California, one in Florida. Uh, the one in California, of course, it's just Disneyland. So it's going to be part of. It's just going to be a module right, onto, right. like they do. Yeah. And now it's going to be a major module off of Hollywood Studios, so maybe we'll have a reason to go back there. And I think they also talked about having a Toy Story extension also nice. at uh, Hollywood Studios. Well, I have to go back then. Yeah, so, I may or may not take my so, kids, but I have yeah, to right. go back. Wait, wasn't it like two episodes ago we were we were wondering what it would be like to have an, a Nintendo park? Well, apparently so then that's really that happening. they're making a video game themed park. Yeah, yeah. yeah so now we're going to have Nintendo Land. Harry Potter, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Sure. Uh, we're going to have uh, Star Wars land. Uh, it, right. I mean, there's like, this is going to be every middle-aged dude's fantasy vacation. <laughs> well, you know what this means. <laughs> it's right. like, forget the kids. Like, kids are going to be like, what? Nintendo? <laughs> it's all about Minecraft. I want right. Minecraft world. <laughs> Minecraft. It's just called the world. <laughs> right. uh, well, you know what this means, though. It means people in power listen to our podcast. It's <laughs> what that means, right? I, I hadn't realized the power that we held. Uh, in making this, but apparently we have the power to change the world. So, <laughs> right. Let's um, say something yeah. outlandish right now. You're welcome, <laughs> users. Um, Oscar Mayer themed theme park. I'm just calling it right now. Just hot dogs for everybody. Oh man, it's gonna be a total sausage fest. Oh god, that was so bad. Mostly, I was thinking about the food poisoning. <laughs> you have these cards with the hot dogs out in the sun all day. <laughs> this isn't mustard. Uh, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> All right, so Star Wars theme parks. I uh, I'm I'm excited about that. Yeah. I had 
no idea. I don't know how I missed that. But... It's another example of how what's most important is not your video game. It is your intellectual property. Oh, yeah. We knew right. that was Star yeah. Wars. I yeah. mean, obviously, the intellectual property right. surpasses all film, all game, right. all so media. Right. Be- yeah. So, uh, and maybe this is a topic for that we can talk about down the line just because mm-hmm. I'm just bringing this up spontaneously, but it's been a thing that's been on my mind for years now about uh, uh, how important it is that game developers stop thinking about just their game, but about their the cross-media uh, potential of their IPs. I keep saying, man, if they had a Skylanders TV show, man, I would be well, you all know, up in that. Would you have been up for a Viva, Viva Pinata uh, show? Because there was one. I didn't get into that game. It was oh. one of those... Viva Pinata came at a time in my life mm-hmm. where I wasn't a free-spirited, uh, uh, nose-to-the-wind child, and I wasn't <laughs> yet an established adult. I was just poor. <laughs> and so looking at the price tag yeah. on a Viva Pinata video game, uh, it would never, I never yeah. played it because I could, just could not afford yeah. it. That's totally a game. I, I just – and um, let me uh, – Make a disclaimer: mm-hmm. As a former employee of Microsoft Game Studios, uh, I got a, I had a free copy of that game, so that's how I played it. I probably too, mm-hmm. n- being the age that I am, not have bought that game for myself. Sure, but since I had a copy, I played it, and I actually really enjoyed I its presentation to play it. and its I, characters. I had a lot yeah. of people tell me that it was great, but it was one of those. That was a time in my life where I kind of had a even a gift of the magi uh-huh. moment, uh, where I came home one day and my wife, we were living in some crappy apartment because we. Both worked part time, uh-huh. made almost no money. Both in school still, and there was a gift wrapped Xbox 360, oh. and it blew my mind <laughs> because it was like, how much did you spend? Right, right. Yeah. Do you still have that box, or did it um, go up? It was shredded in yeah. seconds. <laughs> I, I I spared no sentiment in getting the Xbox out of that okay. box. So yeah, yeah. Um, no, <laughs> it did not last. Right. But no, Viva Pinata didn't play it. Um, but no, you're right. Intellectual properties because you 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 put the game down. Because you're sick of playing mm-hmm. the game, mm-hmm. even temporarily. And what do you do? You still want to play the game. You just mm-hmm. don't want to play the game. Or so, be involved in the world and its characters. Yeah, because you know right. what? Let, let's be fair. Let's be honest mm-hmm. with ourselves. They become your friends a little bit, mm-hmm. right? The characters, yeah, right. like when you turn the game off, you're like, oh, I wonder what Nathan Drake is yeah, up to. Yeah, and, you know, it's, <laughs> and it's not that weird to me because uh, isn't, I don't know, Oprah Winfrey mm-hmm. as even though she's a real living human being, to most of us, she is a personality on the screen. We don't actually know her, but yet we're interested in what's going on in her world. Or think of any other, the Kardashians, mm-hmm. I don't know. Me personally, no, but I know that I know that name. And why? Because interesting personality that Interesting we've generational in. note. You uh, picked Oprah. I would have picked Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I know of her too. <laughs> but, yeah, but I think of Oprah. Exactly. I think of Oprah because I just saw the film on Netflix. Oh, man. Welcome to me. Uh, is it Kristen Wiig, her name? The uh-huh. actress? Um, she's uh, in this film where she idolizes. Now, she's she's of my generation, right? You know, mm-hmm. So she oh, idolizes Oprah. So she watches tapes of Oprah on that show. So that's why Oprah's been on my mind. It's like, oh, it's funny how she made a version of Oprah in her. This character made a mm-hmm. version of Oprah in her mind that she you know has as a companion as a friend mm-hmm. like you were just saying yeah. And, yeah and i was like yeah we do that with so many things in our lives and yeah we do that with yeah. tv shows you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah for me like uh growing up with star wars it was uh darth vader and stormtroopers and boba fett let me gave me a, a way of um I don't know, projecting some negative feelings i had about myself or the world because mm-hmm. they were like cool calm collected badass 
dudes. You know, could why do... can't I be like, more like that? Yeah. Well, I just fantasized that they were either like I was part of their organization or that I was in the armor. Sure. You know, um, I didn't know that he was Luke's dad at the time. You know, I just thought spoilers. he was. Spoilers. Just... <laughs> For anyone listening, spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> man, you know, talk about getting off topic. Uh-huh. We can add Oprah to our list of topics. Yeah. Of this, on this like, why hasn't she had a video game yet? She should Oprah totally have a video, video game. game. What would that even be like? Like lots and lots of presents. Like imagine like every time <laughs> Oprah bumps into something, just all these just, coins just and cars and fabulous things fall out. <laughs> And uh, you know she has friendly AI like Ellen DeGeneres. It's comes by it's, and a, it's a it's a God mode top down real time strategy game. <laughs> Oprah where can't you, be defeated. Where you oh yeah win. oh yeah. yeah you are you are <laughs> Oprah and you have the ability any person you pick you can just fix their lives for eternity. Uh-huh. And so it's just a matter of just like who do you want <laughs> to make uh, this amazing rich successful yeah. person and everyone else just gets scorned. Yeah. Yeah. So just like the wrath of Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> Oprah, if you're listening to this podcast, I've always been a fan I think of this is like we're going to find out in a couple of episodes that, uh, you know, she's opening an interactive studio to leverage, <laughs> to you know, leverage everything that she's accomplished. It's going to be like life. populist. But yeah, it's, right, right. it's a new God game. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I always knew God was a benevolent black woman. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I think I made the mic clip there. <laughs> oh, God. That was a serious observation. I don't okay. know why you're laughing so much. I don't even. I don't even know. <laughs> that's uh, that's a quote for an eternity right there. Okay, so moving on because we spent a lot of time talking about Oprah. Yeah. We're going to have to edit like the first 20 minutes. No, of this that's saying in there. That's golden. Uh, Star Wars and Oprah. Star, okay. Um, so, yeah. So, we've got our, our list of topics here. Um, first off, and this kind of is interestingly enough ties into some of the things you were talking about right before we started recording. Um, so, I had uh, this past Saturday, I attended a conference, um, I guess, Technically, they're calling it an unconference, which I've heard a few people use that term unconference, which you know, it's kind of a silly term, but it but it kind of illustrates a point. Um, so the conference was in Boston called Game Loop, uh, and it was actually really interesting. It was a really cool experience, and uh, I really had a good time. Um, and I was there uh, more or less as a sponsor, but uh, but it was, it was neat. So so basically, they called this 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 unconference. Since again, it's not the first time I've heard that term, but but basically, what it was is. Instead of going and then saying, okay, this, these are the speakers and the sessions. Let me pick ones I want to go to, and I'm going to sit here, and you're going to talk, and I'm either going to listen or I'm not, and, and most of my day is just going to you know, kind of fetter away, and the value will just be in the networking and getting drunk afterwards, mm-hmm. whatever. So the way this works is the very first session, and I say that with air quotes for the people who can't see me, the very first session in the morning uh, was everyone in a giant room one by one introducing who they are and what they're interested in and then proposing talks. Hmm. And then from that, people voted with star stickers and the most popular talks got put up and they built the schedule right there. So you had no idea what the okay. day was going to be about. Mm-hmm. They built the schedule right there. And the talks weren't presentations. They were all round table. Everyone sits mm-hmm. in a giant circle and has a conversation. So no one was leading uh, any of the talks or anything like that. So 
um, a couple of talks that I went to um, were unity based, right? But but they weren't necessarily like my talks, and so we mm-hmm. all just talked, right? Um, and it was it was pretty neat. Um, so it was as a, I I came prepared to stand up in front of a bunch of people and present, mm-hmm. right? And uh, that didn't happen, right? We were all just sitting, chilling, having a conversation. So um, it's pretty neat, and and. What, what it's kind of interesting is that we see a lot of, or at least I see a lot of these new format conferences popping up all over the place, you know, like, so um, a lot of these, these one day, because you can really only do that one day, you couldn't do mm-hmm. that a second day, a lot of the momentum's gone, mm-hmm. right? But uh, a lot of these one day, just fast, but really open, really anyone can do whatever um, conferences popping up, and it kind of alludes a lot to kind of not just this industry you know being mm-hmm. video games but but the tech industry as a whole I'm kind of becoming jaded a little bit with the whole okay you're some celebrity I'm just going to sit here and let you talk mm-hmm. um, and with the advent of social media and everyone kind of being interconnected the people in the audience have just as much right to talk as the mm-hmm. person presenting you know and so um, kind of interesting yeah right do you think the internet itself is what's causing this change in the way we want to share or receive information well everything is crowdsourced anymore right yeah. we're actually going to talk about that yeah. here in a little bit but but uh all i mean i don't get my news from the news anymore i just have twitter open mm-hmm. apparently my news has failed me because i didn't know about the Star Wars <laughs> i'm thing, really surprised that you had... i'd been traveling and oh, that's so true. i haven't even that's had twitter right, open right. like nothing <laughs> um so yeah uh, so apparently not not every solution is perfect but uh <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's, everything is crowdsourced, so you don't want your information from one person. You know, you mm-hmm. want your information from everybody, and and I think to an extent, everyone has something interesting to add to a topic, mm-hmm. even if you're not a, a SME, a subject matter expert on a topic. Simply, your questions or naive mm-hmm. comments illustrate a fundamental bit of information about yeah. any given topic. Even asking a stupid question, right? kind of points out a lack of fundamental knowledge that exists in your everyday person, Mm -hmm. right? And so um, it it is interesting. It, it, again, couldn't be like a week-long conference. You couldn't do anything Mm -hmm. extreme like that. But but, but it is interesting, and it it does allude to people wanting to be as much a part of the conversation as opposed to a spectator, Mm -hmm. which I totally can jive with because I hate sitting there listening to someone else talk. This reminds me of our conversation last time when we talked about games development being set up that way where the audience or player base is now they want a part of it yeah Yeah. want a part of it and are being given a part of it Mm -hmm. but now we have to ask ourselves at what point are people paying for the privilege of working for the game developer right that's i think some of the controversy like is there is there a line that's being crossed or Mm -hmm. is it actually a really cool thing that um players get to affect uh, the kind of information there is mm-hmm. about the game, maybe even shape future decisions about it. Sure. Um, and you think, it, like, even developers are shaping the way developers educate each other about things that uh, yeah. have established, you know, the uh, traditional, processes. I'm just going to yeah. tell you. Right, right. Uh, you have a very polished, I mean, I can say that because I've been to several of your training mm-hmm. sessions, a very polished set of instructions and demonstrations and just anecdotes or even just straight-out lesson plans that help people understand the the framework for unity development, whether they're sure. artist or programmer. But now it sounds like you were invited to do something completely different. It's mm-hmm. an unconventional conference or yeah, unconferences. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, in, <laughs> an interesting <clears throat> point then um, about how you're talking about at what point does the 
does the player become mm-hmm. someone who just works for the dev? You know, uh-huh. so an interesting thought about this this particular quote unquote unconference, this game loop, right, is that the people kind of presenting paid to be there, so yeah. they paid to present almost, uh-huh. which. I mean, I mean, fine. I mean, there's more value in it than just presenting, uh-huh. right? But uh, it's just kind of interesting if you look at it from that way. And it's like, oh yeah, like I uh-huh. kind of led this discussion, but I paid to be there, right? So. Right. <laughs> right? But uh, but no, it's interesting. And again, you know, you see it, you see it popping up, and right. you know, I don't know if it's indicative of of, of an overall shift or mostly of just uh, you know, people's desire to, to on a small level to kind of be part of it to have a voice, so to speak. Like I said, I, I've talked at. Um, big conferences, big like established, very rigorous mm-hmm. conferences, but also you know very free form like this. And I gotta say, I really like the free form of mm-hmm. it as well. It's a lot less, a lot less political. I've had talks turned down from other conferences mm-hmm. because of who I was, as opposed to the the content itself, and that kind of annoys you a little mm-hmm. bit. But I mean, it's it, it is what right. it is, right? But with a with a conference like this it's really more about the content as opposed to who anybody is because everyone's just sort of voting it's not some committee of like right. two or three people that in a shadowy room get to make these decisions and no one ever knows why mm-hmm. everyone votes you know right then and there so um it's interesting it kind of brings a bit of honesty to the format mm-hmm. i'm not suggesting that the format is dishonest mm-hmm. but you know what i mean yeah. but it just brings a little bit of openness to the oh hey mm-hmm. you know 50 of 60 people were interested in this yeah. That's obviously something right. we want to talk about, and we can be agile and make that decision and do it right right here now. Seem to be democratizing every element of game development. Used to be, mm-hmm. just the knowledge to create an engine was so vast, guarded, yeah, and yeah. guarded and protected, mm-hmm. um, that you really had to join uh, an established team that knew what they were doing, and they would and, onboard you, and they would onboard yeah. you. Yep, and that would be a period of several weeks to possibly months. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had conferences where the elder gods of game development would come and give a presentation. You just ate up everything they had to say. Mm-hmm. And really what it was, was a way of celebrating themselves and recruiting, you know, sure. just talking about their processes and like, oh, wow, they do it. They're so smart. Mm-hmm. I want to be like them. One, they're basically training the next generation of developers to come online saying, oh, great. You learned our system, the way we do things. And now you're interviewing with us and mm-hmm. we can hire you to it just maybe. You, that you would even apply because you were so impressed with what we had to say. But now we're at a point where, well, the engines are really competent that are freely available. Sure. So I don't need some, you know, I don't need the Oprah Winfrey of games development to come in and bestow upon me this gift. I was about I can, to make an Oprah statement as well. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, you, you get an engine and you get an engine. <laughs> right, uh, yes. God, you just beat me to the Oprah every time. So I am fair. from the Chicago area, so <laughs> oh, okay. I get to call dibs. Touche. You uh-huh. get dibs on Oprah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, and it's funny because besides the fact that someone would stand up and, and, and tell you stuff, um, and I like to think that I was a good student when I went to school, uh-huh. kind of. I mean, I was respectful, but I wasn't necessarily a good student because I, I and I'm sure many people, and maybe this is a newer behavior attitude maybe it didn't exist before or obviously it existed to some extent when people are up there telling you something the whole time i can't just i just sit there and think but how do you know mm-hmm. like maybe you're wrong mm-hmm. you know so that's how you did it maybe it could be done a lot better you know yeah. and so i actually find that sitting there listening to someone talk gives me the word the, the opposite effect yeah. where i'm just in there doubting everything they're telling uh-huh. me 
it's still the old uh, humanity adage where you say, hey, I'm going to tell you something. Yeah. And you say, no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, you know, I'm I think that's definitely a function of age because I remember I have a very distinct memory from my freshman year in college. Uh, it was in Communications 101, which was my only, mm-hmm. like, I'm just subjected to the rest of the university. Like, oh, my God, liberal arts students are around me. <laughs> and there was one guy. He was an ex-Marine. Mm-hmm. He was in his early 30s. Mm-hmm. Short hair, bit of facial hair growth. Hey, not unlike you. I'm glad that you said short hair instead of balding. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. <laughs> but he would always ask these sort of questions, like basically that if I were to interpret them was like, that's a really interesting point, Professor, but I'd like to know how you know that mm-hmm. that's actually true. Because isn't this also true? Can can I challenge you on this? And, we, and I remember thinking... God, this is just a oh, fifty-five yeah. minute like lecture. Just let them talk and, and let's I get out of here. Student. I didn't say it. I just silently knew yeah. that I was right and that uh-huh. everyone else was wrong. Okay. But I, I kept my mouth shut because I hated that student. Too. <laughs> just like God, sh- shut up. Um, no, that that wasn't uh, that wasn't me. I just I kept my mouth shut. And just but you silently know, nodded. I keep thinking about that guy because now I realize that, that guy was so on it. Mm-hmm. Because I want to know the answer to his questions now. I can't. The I can't, probably had no idea. Yeah, but like, like, holy cow, that guy totally was uh, was on top of things. Mm-hmm. And I like, you know, I, I college is wasted on college students. <laughs> it's like, I would kind of, yeah, yeah. I guess you have yeah. to go through it to appreciate it after, yeah. after the fact. It's kind of that whole education is the yeah. only thing someone's willing to pay for and not receive. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, that's kind of all I have to say about that. But it just it just was interesting because it struck me as a. Uh, Everyone's kind of getting tired of this 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 common format, and uh, you know maybe we'll see more stuff pop up like this. Maybe we'll start seeing more of these virtual conferences, which I've seen a few of, where they're entirely online. Um, I think that's kind of self limiting, but uh, um, yeah, just kind of interesting. I mean, I still like my traditional conference, um, even though every traditional conference I've gone to um, GDC a number mm-hmm. of times, I've only ever attended one session ever. Yeah. That's not true. Two sessions, because one of them was mine. <laughs> and then uh, and then uh, another one, I went to the experimental gameplay okay. this past year. But that was like the first session I ever went to. Let me pose a question to anyone who's listening. I wonder how many of them uh, have gone to any kind of conference, whether it was professional, uh, industry-based, or more uh, for audience or fan-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, why they chose the particular one that that they uh, decided to sure. go to or ones mm-hmm. uh, to give, to help jog people's memories. There's uh, on the developer side, there's GDC, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, E3 is sort of a mixed kind of thing. There's dice. There's uh, dice. Uh, that's, isn't that in Europe? That's in Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of dice, the studio in Europe. Then. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, GamesCon is, uh, mm-hmm. that's, Europe. that's your, that's, that's Germany, Europe. right? Mm-hmm. Leipzig or something like that. Um, so I doubt many people go to those sure. unless they're part of like a studio that's presenting. Um, but the other ones like PAX. E- PAX. So on the fan side, there's PAX and then there's PAX East. South and West. There's yeah, PAX uh, Prime. Comic Con. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's other conferences dedicated to specific games or like BlizzCon. Well, there's what, South by Southwest? And there's South by Southwest. Like I'd like to know, yes, I intend to go. I have gone. Mm-hmm. What was it about the ones that you chose uh, that really got, that was compelling? Because it would be interesting to kind of find out, like, is it about the speakers or is it about the, the chance to participate in a mm-hmm. conversation? Because it sounds like when you went to GDC, it wasn't about getting 
new leap knowledge from somebody. No, all my value from GDC happens at the after party because that's when I network and and stuff like that. But you know, it's mm-hmm. it's a personality trait of mine. I don't even. I can't even watch my own videos because I'm like, God, just shut up already. <laughs> like, this is awful. Like, I, I don't like listen to this podcast. I don't I, listen I to anybody, yeah. man. Not even myself. So, uh, personality trait, I guess. But uh, anyway, so I thought that was interesting. So, on the topic of crowdsourcing, we were, mm-hmm. we were talking about crowdsourcing. Uh, big news, right? Uh, we have what? The Fig? Or is it just Fig? I think it's called Fig. Not The Fig. No. Gosh, because I mean, you know what? I would think, I would like, oh, they're talking about The Fig. Maybe, but so the website is what just fig.com? Well, we should have done our research. I, I just have fig written down. Yeah, anyway, I'm pretty sure so, it's called fig. Fig, uh, so, so a little. By the way, titling advice um, rarely will you see, at least now, a company or a project title started with the word the. Mm. The Empire Strikes Back is really rare. The Star Wars is like, no, you wouldn't do it. It's just Star Wars. Yeah. And you wouldn't so having the in the title is really not something that's done. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Now all I can think about again is destiny, because <laughs> you have the traveler, the stranger, the uh, darkness. Yeah. But the game <laughs> the is not the destiny. No, it's it should destiny. be <laughs> the the. All right. So fix. So um, I actually did my research. Uh-huh. Um, however, the only thing I didn't research is whether or not it has the in front of it and uh, what the one site URL was. But uh, so go ahead. So so tell us about Fig. So I don't want to be the only one talking here. Okay. Well, my understanding is that finally someone has figured out a legal way to say to the internet or to the crowd, uh, I have a really exciting project that I want you to back. And if you do so and it's successful, not only do you get the product itself, but you get some of the financial reward that the the profits that the that the project earns. Okay, I mean that's one part of it mm-hmm. from what I'm I'm exploring. Okay, here. so um, so kind of so, so the fig is basically crowdsourcing, very much like mm-hmm. Kickstarter. Um, and I was reading an interview um, today uh, from uh, Justin Bailey, who is the former CEO COO of Double Fine, um, and it was kind of talking about. Kickstarter and Kickstarter's role in video mm-hmm. games and things like that. And the whole idea is that approaching video game development uh, from Kickstarter, on Kickstarter, video games are a subset of the games category, which is a subset of everything else, right? Mm-hmm. And so the chance of auto-discovering a game project that you're interested in is very, very small because Kickstarter is really made for any project, mm-hmm. anything whatsoever, and games are just a small part of that. And so Fig uh, is basically a Kickstarter, but solely for games. And there's there's two parts to it. So there is what you were talking about, which is basically a chance to do investment. All right. And from what I was reading is uh, you have to be an accredited investor. Right. So you can't just initially initially. Right. right? So you can't just back a game and expect mm-hmm. money back. Right. right. That's just not right. how you have to be an accredited investor to do it. They're also adding the Kickstarter-esque crowdfunding where, okay. hey, I'm a gamer. I'm not an accredited investor. Uh-huh. I'm just going to back you with money. I'm going to expect nothing out of it besides whatever tier system mm-hmm. you choose, right? And so there's the two pieces of that. And I think that whole accredited investor is the way it's legal to put money in and get money back okay. out. Like you have to have some license or something. I don't okay. know what it takes to okay. be an accredited investor, right. um, but that's sort of the, the legality of it there. Um and uh, 
so I, as I was doing this research, something interesting that I, I kind of knew but didn't know. Um, so so Double Fine in, in 2012, the game Broken Age, right? Mm-hmm. They had a very successful Kickstarter, right? When we all kind of knew Double Fine did a Kickstarter. But apparently it brought in $3.3 million mm-hmm. over Kickstarter. Yeah. Like, like how many times over its goal was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting that such a hugely successful Kickstarter then, uh, you know, uh, Justin Bailey leaves and then starts this company that's like, okay, that was Kickstarter. Let's mm-hmm. build a better way specifically for right. games. And they're also going to be very, not only are the entities that can invest, at least initially, going to be limited to like accredited mm-hmm. investors. And I think it's, you have to prove that you have a certain amount of money ready to invest. Like you have to prove that I have a million dollars that can be invested. Okay, great. Now you can be accredited. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also going to limit uh, how many projects are actually available to be uh, supported. Oh, okay, I see. So it's not going to be a free for all. anybody can submit. It's like, well, there's going to be you, a, you, yeah, you. A we'll we'll take a look, and if we believe it's uh, it's worth, uh, I don't know whatever their criteria. Mm-hmm. If it passes our muster, then it can be on our system. It's interesting because so Kickstarter is this open format, right? And then Greenlit, Greenlight oh, yeah. from Steam was like hailed as this gate. You know, gateway to Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Like if it got greenlit, uh-huh. then you put it on Kickstarter mm-hmm. because you're more likely to. So now you have Fig, which is the the gate to Greenlight, which mm-hmm. is then the gate uh-huh. to Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So it's this funneling process. I actually have a big concern about whether or not Fig can succeed in that it's it's sort of what you're alluding to this relationship between all these different entities. Mm-hmm. If I had a game idea and a team put together and we were developing, we had something worth putting out to the crowd, mm-hmm. I would always start with Kickstarter because then I could get my full budget and owe no investors anything. And if I succeeded, great, I did it. Mm-hmm. If not, well, then and only then would I go to another organization saying, hey, would you be interested in backing me if I gave you some of the, if I cut you in? And so Fig becomes the second go-to. Like, if I can't make it on Kickstarter, then I go and maybe, to Fig. Maybe Fig will do that, right? I mean, yeah. it, what, it launched two days ago? Mm-hmm. One day ago? Um, so, I mean, I'm sure details are, are, are quite new and, mm-hmm. and not really secret, but, you know, not well-known, obscured, I suppose. Um, my kind of along that, that idea is if I, was, if I was making a game and I went for the Kickstarter to get my full budget, Obviously, I'm, it's still in the middle of production and stuff like that because that's kind of the nature mm-hmm. of it anymore. No one's just kickstarting ideas on notepads, mm-hmm. uh, notepad paper. Um, I would be concerned of not getting the funding and running out of time be, and hitting like real financial walls and yeah. be like, oh, crap, now we got to go to fig, but there's mm-hmm. no time. I'm mm-hmm. out of money, uh-huh. you know, and so maybe starting, I don't know, you know, maybe st- I'm not a businessman, right? right? I don't know anything about money, but um, but maybe starting with something like something a little bit more exclusive, like instead of saying, hey, I was on Kickstarter, everyone can go, well, everyone's on Kickstarter. But you can uh-huh. say, you know, what? I was accepted mm-hmm. on fig, you know, and mm-hmm. I, you know, and I had a successful whatever. And everyone's going to say, well, if, if you were on that uh-huh. and you got funded, then obviously you are a a project worth right. looking at uh-huh. because I didn't get two million people who really didn't know better. Uh-huh. They give me a couple bucks. I got accepted right. in a community for gamers by gamers kind uh-huh. of deal, right? Um, I don't know how exclusive it'll be. I don't know how difficult it will be to get on that. I don't know if it'll be this like elitist badge or not, right. but but it certainly could be. Um, so the question becomes like how discerning the mm-hmm. paying customer base becomes. I'm not going to support a lot of projects. Oh, then I better prove I'm worth it by saying, well, at a at a position where someone got 
to be a business partner with me, I got approved. So don't you want to back me? If they had faith in me, mm-hmm. you can have faith in me on Kickstarter. On the other hand, if there's still plenty of consumer interest in games, then it goes the other way, which is, hey, if I can, I'm going to make it on Kickstarter first because mm-hmm. there's no investor involved. It's all mine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One of the features that I did like about the website is that it had the ability, it had tools more refined for a game development process. Mm-hmm. So things like your development timeline, what milestones mm-hmm. were you on, what your upcoming goals were. You know, stuff that Kickstarter, you can kind of say it in text and stuff uh-huh. like that. But to have tools and a platform dedicated to crafting games, mm-hmm. right? You know, terminology, verbiage, um, all very specific to this, um, you know, that feels a little bit more like the glove fits, so uh-huh. to speak, right, as opposed right. to repurposing a tool that's really generic, uh-huh. you know, having a custom-made tool specifically for the things that you may need more. Yeah, and plus um, it helps me compare two projects side by side. Well, they both, in the similar fashion, outline their plans for production. Right. And I can decide which of these ideas I believe hey, in Hey, this one is six milestones yeah. late. Yeah. You know, this one is right on time, yeah, every right. time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have a better idea of... If I put my money into something, is it going to succeed and things like mm-hmm. that, right? And again, it allows you to be a more discerning, I right. guess, um, uh, crowd member. Yeah. Um, interesting to see. It's it's kind of one of those things It's like, I don't know, it, it's kind of like in my mind a little bit like the, what was it, the $10,000 Big Mac or something like that, that they made like this limited edition like super hamburger it was like super expensive it came on like a golden tray or something like that uh, that's news to me i never heard oh yeah that. i don't know it may not have been ten thousand dollars i don't remember what it was it was some okay. absurdly expensive amount like big mac thing um or a whopper so it was some sandwich right fast food but it, where it's just like you're taking the same old fast food and going no this one's refined <laughs> right and, right. and, and maybe will the Will the fig just be that of Kickstarter? Right, like, right. like you have this tool that's working, arguably, right? There's a little bit of information and, and work that needs to go into making Kickstarter work. But you're just going to create a more refined version of a tool that you already have. It's like, it's like a better shovel, yeah. right? How much better can a shovel get if you can shovel with it? It's a pretty decent mm-hmm. shovel, right? And so... Mm-hmm. I don't know, but maybe not. Maybe it'll, yeah. you'll be like, this shovel's amazing. Right. It's hard to say. Yeah. Um, time will tell, I, I suppose. But that's the that's the gut feeling yeah. you get when you hear about mm-hmm. it. And you go, is that necessary? Mm-hmm. Like now, because, okay, forget being a game maker, being a community member now, uh-huh. a gamer, now your focus is even more diffused across three uh-huh. platforms. Yeah. Before, you checked out Greenlight, you checked out uh, Kickstarter. Now there's three platforms to check, and then there's things like Patreon and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> like you're, you, so many places are, are vying for money now and, and right up in your face. It's just, I don't know, it's just going to be white noise at that point. Mm-hmm. We'll... we'll Will all funding reduce across the board as a result of an oversaturation of people asking yeah. for money? You know, that's a very real uh, risk. I mean, we've seen that in video games before when we produced way too much software mm-hmm. in the '80s, and it was of a fly-by-night quality because hey, everybody was just jumping on the bandwagon, and uh, somehow dev kits got out there in enough numbers that quality suffered. And suddenly, sure. so much of it, quality across the board is not so great, and then boom. People just lost interest. Yeah, because hardcore gamers, as much as we love um, playing these games and spend hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars supporting our favorite hobby, uh, we can't do it alone. The developers need some segment of the consumer market to get involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
to do a triple A game. I'm sure. saying like, you know, two Absolutely. million in sales is not quite sufficient anymore. Uh, yeah. you know, when it used to be 15 years ago, like, wow, two million in sales. That's right. amazing. Like now it's like, no. When music records hit triple platinum yeah. and before yeah. gold was amazing. Yeah. 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 Um, so anyways, yeah, I, I'd be interested to know uh, how many projects people out there that might be listening have supported e- either through early access mm-hmm. um, or uh, Kickstarter. Uh, and would they consider doing something on, on sure. a new site like Fig? I've only ever done board games on Kickstarter. I've not done a, an actual uh, video game. I've kickstarted a few things. No video game I've ever kickstarted has, has come about. Mm. So technically I'm owed quite a few video games. Uh-huh. Uh, board games, really high success, right? I get uh-huh. those all the time. I've kickstarted some action figures. Um, but I don't really kickstart anymore um, just because the success rate is so yeah. low with the projects I uh-huh. actually get. Um now, but I do a lot of early access because, I mean, it's there. It's something it's I already can, playable. Exactly. Yeah. Even if it's in a poor state, it's mm-hmm. <clears throat> I know I'm going to get something because mm-hmm. as soon as I give you money, I'm going to get a download. Even uh-huh. if it's not great, whatever, that's the price you pay with any game. You buy mm-hmm. it, it's not great. I mean, I get that. But uh, so early access, I'm cool with. I like that. Um, I don't really kickstart anymore, though, because, again, just I'm still waiting on so many. Yeah. So many projects. So I've gotten too many Kickstarter emails from the people I've funded saying, hey, everyone, just letting you know we're starting this new project. And it's just like, uh, well, where's the old, old project? Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And then there's a lot of horror stories and stuff like that. So um, were they yeah. using Unity? No, I'm not, I'm not put you on the spot. <laughs> uh, no, uh, <laughs> not, not, at least not that I'm aware of. Um, no, if it was with Unity, it'd be done. <laughs> all right, I'm done. Yes. I am done. I, I don't. I don't work for Unity on this on this podcast. Um, all right. Um, yeah. So I guess maybe I've said all I had to say about about uh, about Fig. Interesting stuff. Certainly, people that know what they're doing um, running this thing. Um, definitely more business savvy folk than I. Um, so I'll, it'll be interesting. I'd like to see it succeed because why wouldn't I like it? Mm-hmm. You know, anything good for the industry is good for me. Um, however, gut feeling, I think, think most of the positive buzz is going to ring hollow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we'll see what's left after initial excitement is done. And we'll basically see how they handle um, this investment and things like that. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. It's a little bit more complicated than, than anyone might think. I used to run a website called Give Mike a Dollar. And people could give me a dollar and, uh-huh. and every increment of uh, or every multiple of 10. So uh, $10, $100, $1,000, uh-huh. I'd give 10% back to a random person. Oh, really? um, and apparently you can't do that. Oh, <laughs> apparently that competes with the uh, lottery. Oh. And so that's a big no-no. I got uh-huh. shut down. So. <laughs> How did you get shut? That's a good story. Who shut uh, you down? Who? Uh, via letter. Uh, <laughs> From who? Like the state? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, basically saying like, hey, this is a lottery. You can't do that. There are tax reasons. Oh. Uh, so you either have to comply to all this or uh. just shut the site down. So just <laughs> shut the site down. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, so it'll be interesting to see, again, from the legalese yeah. way with this, uh, this investor program and stuff like that, um, how it actually goes. So, And what, what you actually stand to get back. Do you get real money back or do you get like fig dollars? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what you can spend to invest another. Well, from what I understand, the, the deal is um, whatever the principal accredited investor puts in and his deal for that you know investment, mm-hmm. he'll get like, oh, you know, you're entitled to whatever. Mm-hmm. Anybody else who is also approved to invest in the project will get the same deal. It's not like, well, he gets the upper tier sure. of the deal. So that sounds like, to me, that would, as an investor would be attractive. Saying. Mm-hmm. 
Unless you, you really, were an upper tier right. investor, and you're like, uh-huh. hey, can't you do anything better for uh-huh. me? Uh-huh. You know, so you got a copy of the game and dinner with a dev team. <laughs> <laughs> Just what I want a million dollar investor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Um, so a topic you had suggested because we have plenty of time here. Uh, Windows 10, um, which is something you've actually talked about quite a few times. Um, Windows 10 and uh, its effects or uh, what it means for games. Yeah, Yeah. I'm interested because uh, I still have machines that are running uh, Windows 7. I think a lot of people are. Mm -hmm. I have Windows 7 uh, uh, Home Edition and I have Windows 7 Professional Mm -hmm. on the laptop that I inherited from you. And I have a Windows 8.1 machine, uh, which is a Surface Pro. Mm -hmm. Um, Of those machines... The only one that I'm comfortable upgrading right now is the Surface Pro because I use it the least and I wanted to kind of tip my toe into mm-hmm. it, you know, and, and figure out because I do my development on those Windows 7 machines. Sure. And I've been reading articles that, like, they're all alarmist or sensationalist about, Oh yeah. you know, so-and-so hates Windows 10's this feature or mm-hmm. gamers be aware, Windows 10 will do this to you. And so I was curious if you had... You know, especially from an engineering perspective, mm-hmm. you know, like when you read about these kinds of features, like that's actually awesome. That makes our world so much more secure. Or it's like, you know, actually that's legit concern. You know, so it's it's interesting that you brought this up as a topic just mm-hmm. today because a couple of days ago I had tweeted, tweeted on the Twitters mm-hmm. um, that I'd been considering upgrading the operating system on my MacBook away from OS X and just primary Windows 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was curious what people thought. And I got to tell you, super polarizing answers. <laughs> no one was like, here, allow me to give you a fair, well-balanced uh-huh. assessment. Everyone was just like, no, or yes, uh-huh. or don't listen to those people. They suck. Uh-huh. You know, and it was, so it was interesting. I had uh, I had read an article about it. I, I did attempt to do I just I was like, hey, I'm just going to go to the Internet for information because uh-huh. who wouldn't do that? And forgetting that that's a super mistake. <laughs> um, and I was like, let's compare Windows 10 versus uh, uh, the new OS X version coming out. Uh, whatever. I, I can't remember the name of it. El Capitan or something like that. Code name or whatever. And uh, and so it was just like, so I was reading this article and you could just tell, like, they just hated Windows 10 and just the scores they were giving is terrible. And El Capitan is better in this way and that way. And it's so much better. I'm like, wow, okay, maybe Windows 10, you know, made some problems. And I look at the top, I'm on the Macworld website. I'm just like, oh, crap. <laughs> All right, never mind. <laughs> Talk about biased source. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. You know, you, you hear really good things and really bad things. Um, there's, of course, going to be the things that they tell you are going to work that won't. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the things that no one knows about that Windows or Microsoft doesn't think to to put out there as a feature that everyone's going to end up loving, right? And it was one of those, everyone in a, a six months is going to call it like the secret feature or the life hack, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> one programmer discovered this secret and now Microsoft hates him um, kind of thing that the feature that everyone loves. But here's what I think. Uh, so the Xbox integration, we've been down this road. I'm wary, right? It, having an Xbox app on my computer sounds cool. Um, however, I all, I'm always concerned when they say integrated experience because that means I can't turn it off. I'm one of those people that I just like to turn things off, mm. right? If I want this service to run, I will run this service, mm-hmm. right? Um, I have uh, Windows 8.1 running on my de- uh, PC here at home. I like Windows 8.1 a lot. I really do. I really, really enjoy Windows 8.1. Um, 
but it's like OneDrive integration or OneDrive is what they use. They call the new SkyDrive. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't turn it off, and it's just always there. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I don't use it, mm-hmm. but too bad it's integrated, right? Like. So that, that concerns me. It always concerns me, right? Um, it's neat that I'll be able to chat with Xbox Live friends uh, from my desktop. But then again, if they're on their Xbox, they're going to be typing with their controller and I'm going to be typing on my screen. And I only have three friends anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. So that has the potential to be a decent experience. I like it with Steam. Right, I like the I, I keep Steam open so I can chat with people and stuff like that. So maybe Xbox will run something similar. I don't know, but uh, potential there. Um, and now they're they're really lauding this crossplay, right? Mm-hmm. So you're on an Xbox, I'm on my PC. Mm-hmm. We'll play mm-hmm. together, um, and that's cool. I'm I'm a big fan of crossplay. I don't think if I own it for the PC and you own it for the Xbox, we shouldn't be able to play together. It would be I understand the limitations, but it would be really awesome if PlayStation and Xbox could play together. <laughs> but obviously, that's never mm-hmm. gonna happen. Um, who knows? But uh, but what concerns me there, while it could be awesome, right? Everyone, you know, all the the media is saying, hey, this is top 10 reasons yeah. for gamers, gamers, right? With uh, Spell it with a Z. It's extreme. <laughs> Drink Mountain Dew. Um, basically, what they kind of fail to mention is they say cross-play potential, right? Mm-hmm. Which means cross-play potential, which means it has to actually be implemented, mm-hmm. right? Um, the developers, and you happen to know, developers don't exactly have a ton of free time uh, just sitting around uh, thinking, you know what? Hey, we've got a month, we're done, and our release schedule isn't for some time. Let's add new features, right? I'm concerned that this is going to be a, like a major selling point, and then just like the Connect, right? You, the developers have to actually mm-hmm. implement the functionality for it to work. And will it? I don't know. Right, um, especially if I'm releasing a game for Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm not going to implement all this custom crossplay code for Xbox and PC that I'm not going to use it all on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Right, so exclusives probably may get it. It may, who knows? Maybe Microsoft makes it a requirement. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but uh, but for for cross platform, I, I I doubt it a little bit. So yeah, so crossplay potential has potential. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know. I don't want to just, again, just monologue it. Any thoughts on those two features? Uh, I am. In, I have been excited for over a decade now for uh, cross-play between PC and... Um, that tells you something, console, doesn't it? Right, that you've yeah. been waiting for it for a right, decade. Right, because we, you know, executives at Microsoft um, have been talking about it uh, for as a, as a high-level goal dream of theirs mm. for a very long time. And uh, I think this is them saying, we're drawing a line in the sand. It has, it can actually happen now, and we're, we're going to make it happen. See, and I think of it the other way. I think of, okay, they've been talking about this for, for 10 years. Why now? Right? Uh, like what makes it different now? Is it going to fail once more? Maybe. Right. It may, but maybe it'll be awesome. I don't right. know. But, mm-hmm. but what it feels like a little bit is Microsoft is saying, okay, the bridge is there. Developers, feel free to drive it if you want and just mm-hmm. kind of push the responsibility uh-huh. off. Mm-hmm. But maybe not. Maybe they've done a lot of work. for. Th- I don't know. Um, and really until, I mean, it's, it's more experience. Will, will anyone know if it's a really, like, a super awesome, like, easy experience or just just basically, you know, two hookups that you still have to, to do all the work to actually hook up. Yeah. So um, we'll see. Um, what about the Xbox integration? Any thoughts on that? Um the one that actually interests me most, and it's not so much integration, it was the um, streaming. Yes. 
the ability to that's my big plus yeah yeah so go ahead and okay yeah so um for me it's like i don't have this problem per se because it's just my wife and i mm-hmm. but i can definitely see once maybe i'm out of this odd limbo situation where I'm living in two worlds, one in Seattle, one in Ohio, but I'm actually back home and, you know, back integrated with my wife's family and stuff like Mm -hmm. wanting to be able to say, uh, you guys can have the living room. I'm going to go over here and uh, do this other thing, but I'm streaming it off of the device. That's right over here. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I am no longer tethered to a physical location because I have a, you know, piece of metal mm-hmm. and plastic uh, that allows me to do a certain thing. Right. Uh, well, and so a few episodes yeah. back, I talked about my excitement over this, the steam box that you mm-hmm. would buy that allowed you to stream from your PC okay. to your TV. Uh-huh. Well, now we've got it yeah. the other way right. and I'm equally as excited. Yeah. Right. Um, I hope this works. I'm like, that's like, I'm super jazzed by things like that. I'm like, I can play in this room or this, this room. Right. Oh my God. Yeah, we're not having future. to hook up all sorts of weird cables or things like that. Yeah. yeah. You know, I get obsessed with games like very intensely, very briefly, but, it, but it's one of those things is like, all right, I want to play like all the time. And you know, I, I share yeah, I th- a house with people. And so it's like, Hey, I'm just going to go duck right. uh, into another room and, and just keep playing. Right. It's a way of saying, and in the seventies, they talked about computers as just being terminals. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's a realization of, We'll always be able to make, well, I'll put always in air quotes, sure. uh, be able to improve the uh, silicon. Uh, we'll always have better better hardware. Uh, and we've become so used to mobile devices that we want access to that superior uh, computing device wherever we go. But I can't. I have to buy that console. I have to, have to hook it up to my TV. And now, crap. I'm on the crapper and I don't have my Xbox one or my PlayStation four experience <laughs> and I want it. Well, now you can, yeah. you know, we're st- we'll just stream it to that other Are device. we becoming the Verucas from uh, Willy Wonka? Like I want it now. <laughs> yes, yeah. I think we are. Uh, well, you know, it, 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 it kind of illustrates. So if this is successful, this is takes off not just from, from Microsoft windows, but also with steam with the whole streaming from one device to another across your house. Right. What it really alludes to is something that, kind of started happening and, and started failing and succeeding to different degree, degrees like maybe 10 years ago or maybe longer, I don't know, but that I became aware of about 10 years ago with this whole idea of a dumb terminal, right? And so a dumb terminal is just a device with really no power to it whatsoever and the real computer is somewhere far away. And so we'd stop buying computers per se. we just buy terminals and our computer would be leased or licensed somewhere mm-hmm. far away and it would just be streamed to us and we'd stop having computers mm-hmm. in our homes. Well, I mean, that's how computers started right back in the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. You were buying a share of a mainframe somewhere else and all you were interfacing with was a dumb terminal. Yeah. Yeah. And this, and, well, and this paradigm And there was some prevalence uh, when I was uh, where I worked IT uh, for the YMCA's. We put dumb terminals when we went to have situations where like we had a computing lab for teenagers, mm-hmm. right? Well, they're just going to destroy yeah. those systems, yeah. right? So um, dumb terminals that as soon as you log out, it just gets yeah. wiped and, uh-huh. and, and but, well, it didn't even get wiped because there was nothing on it. Right. It just lost its temporary yeah. memory and came right back yeah. and it was a whole new system again. Um, and the, the whole idea is, you know, if this is successful, the streaming across, who is to say in the future you buy consoles? Maybe you just 
you rent one like a Netflix. Uh-huh. You know, like I'm just gonna pay my monthly console fee, and I've got my little my little Apple TV, my my Amazon uh-huh. Fire TV, and that just taps me into right. the console. When bandwidth is so wide open and so reliable mm-hmm. that we can stream high def video signals across the internet and, yeah. and, and have no when google receivable... the data directly into right. our brains from right. space right yeah and then the next problem will be like well yeah that works for traditional screen-based games but how about virtual reality where that latency just makes us all sick mm-hmm. so now we're back to well then you need, you need this accelerator yeah you need this hardware local. on your glasses like oh okay I'll yeah buy that, buy right, that, right. That, that cube um, to put on my glasses <laughs> Here to smoke this weed, you'll slow down and everything will be insane. <laughs> oh, now I feel nauseous for another Talk reason. Talk about analog oh. solutions. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, again, it's kind of sci-fi, and I honestly don't think we're anywhere close to that. But it alludes to this mm-hmm. thinking that, like, if, it, if someone tried to do this right now, everyone would be like, you're nuts. I want my computer. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But every step is a step towards that inevitable goal. Mm-hmm. Um or I guess inevitable outcome, and so you, you just sort of see it coming a little mm-hmm. bit, which, you know, far off, but still kind of neat. So um, I don't know if I'm for or against that, but but you can kind of see it coming. But that is a feature again that I'm 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 super excited about the whole streaming, just the freedom to be wherever you want. I remember when having cable in more than one room of your house was like, <laughs> I can watch TV in this room or that yeah. room. I remember the advertisements like, hey, you could have it in the kitchen. Yeah. You could have it in the living And it's just like blowing your <laughs> mind. And like at the time, I'm like, again, I was super bored. I was like, who has more than one TV? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that, that, that uh, you know, certainly neat idea that you can just be like, hey, I'm going to play the games wherever right um and so that that uh that is a, a potentially super awesome feature assuming there's no lag yeah. bugs security right. errors yeah if you don't think it's a cool feature just think about how much you stream content wirelessly throughout your house anywhere anytime you want sure and it's just second nature you don't even think about it yeah but you don't ever think about your you know, your high-def gaming experience the same way. Well, PlayStation's had this with, like, the streaming to the Vita and stuff like okay, that. Okay, yeah, that's true. But that's that's a micro-experience, uh-huh, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I'll preface by saying I've never owned a Vita, so I'm yeah, going to assume right. that. Um, who knows, maybe it was But if amazing. you're part of the Windows ecosystem, you could have it on your phone, on your laptop, on your mm-hmm. PC. Potentially, you know, down the line, it could be like, wow. Or on my HoloLens, which is, means now I'm playing mm-hmm. Xbox games while driving <laughs> while dri- yeah, like, no. yeah. <laughs> don't do that <laughs> um yeah i mean so, so again it, it could be amazing it could be uh, an unsuccessful feature if it doesn't work right i'm gonna assume there's gonna be terrible lag just because that's a safe assumption with any okay. new product is there's just gonna be crippling lag until they fix it who knows maybe it'll launch flawlessly i don't know but um certainly cool certainly definitely worth considering um now, that being said, and along the same lines, we have this idea of, of difficult hardware requirements, mm-hmm. right? So the Windows 10, uh, obviously DirectX 12, if I'm going to be streaming games from my Xbox to my computer, my computer has to be able to do that, mm-hmm. right? Now, granted, it's just the video being streamed, but still, there's some level of processing happening on my machine. and. Hardware requirements, right? Um, if I have a game that I can play on Windows or play on the Xbox, obviously my Windows system has to be able to run it. That's obviously nothing new. Obviously, you need mm-hmm. strong specs to be able to run games. 
But my curiosity comes from if I'm not running games, but I'm on a Windows PC, which kind of is very heavily geared for playing mm-hmm. games these days, mm-hmm. am I still going to have attacks? It's kind of like the old Arrow attacks, right, with Windows. When was Arrow introduced? The glass interface? Oh, right. Uh, 7? Or, or, uh, I think that Vista? was 7. Yeah. Oh, wait. I think, it, I think it came in Vista, but yeah. but that everyone's system crapped right, out. Right, you it just like, disabled it immediately. It was like, so I, never well, I meet it. the minimum yeah. requirements. It's like, yeah. yes, you meet the minimum requirements, uh-huh. but you don't meet the recommended uh-huh. requirements, okay. which are the minimum requirements uh-huh. if you actually want to run anything visual, right? So, yes, if you look at the, the hardware requirements, the minimum requirements, you think, oh, I beat that. But are you actually getting the experience with those requirements? What are the real minimum requirements uh-huh. to get this whole you know, mm-hmm. Xbox Windows experience and, and Warrior Machine meet that because, because I mean, you know, it's the arms race, right? DirectX 12, which just means more mm-hmm. everything at the cost of more power. And so it'll be curious to see how many machines go up. No, just can't run it, right? Mm-hmm. How, how much old hardware chokes on mm-hmm. it and things like that. Is, am I, to use it, am I going to have to do upgrades to my hardware, things mm-hmm. like that? So um, I don't know. And, and so... It, you may have a better kind of perspective on that because you, I don't want to say you run with more limited hardware, but you run with more laptops and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like I upgrade my desktop all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not really a concern of mine. Laptops, you can't really do that with. So what are your concerns about like the hardware requirements, things like that? Um, well, having experience, and I didn't know this, you know, when I first got a high performance laptop and we started developing on it, like I like the specs, but, and I'm not an engineer, but the way that memory is, um, designed for a laptop to be energy efficient mm-hmm. um, causes there to be performance issues. No matter how fast your co- your graphics processor is, um, the way it's communicating with memory is going to cause some sort of latency. That, for example, makes it really um, a poor partner for uh, Oculus Rift development mm-hmm. to use a laptop, no matter how souped up the graphics are. It's because every mobile graphics system uses a trick to minimize um, memory power usage. Well, it's, it's all about the bridges, right? So, like, you can have a super fast CPU and a super fast graphical process, super fast memory, but there's the the bridges mm-hmm. are how those things talk yeah. to each other. And if those are slow, because they generally are much mm-hmm. slower, right, your data is just going to bottleneck. And so it doesn't matter how fast. And it's really mm-hmm. a matter of power and a matter of heat. Okay. Laptops have huge heat dissipation issues because you fit all this content okay. and there's a small form okay. factor. Um, so you're saying even streaming video which is pre-rendered on an Xbox, just getting that to run on my laptop would be a concern? Or are we talking about something well, else? It, it could, potentially, because it's not just streaming video. It's not just the Netflix, oh, right? Okay. Because you are you are streaming video, which has to be kept in sync. There's no fudge factor there, right? Okay. It has to be kept in sync. And it's receiving game inputs from you, which it has to send back, also in sync. And any out-of-syncness of that, right, causes uh, an unsuccessful gameplay experience. Take any game and delay user input by just even mm-hmm. one update cycle, right. right? And see just how, yeah. like, oh, your game is great, but it kind of felt a little unresponsive, right? Yeah. I can't quite put my right. finger on right. it. Right. But you know, right? Yeah. And so it's the same deal, right? Okay. And I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm saying that's a very real possibility. Okay. So these machines not only have to be able to render, what, 1080p pre-rendered video, I guess, um, over a network, right? Which means so there's there's got to be some um, 
some conversion process right. of taking of network packet data and mm -hmm. turning it into a visual, just like Netflix right. does or whatever. Uh, but then also combining that with it's a two-way feed, right? Okay. I'm sending you all these inputs okay. and things like that. And inputs that need to be timely. It's not like a video where I, I hit pause and it just sends, oh, hey, he wants to pause, right? right? And, and if that doesn't happen right away, it's not a big deal. It's a fraction of a second, yeah. right? Video game input needs to be like now, yeah. right? And so, um, and gamers are very picky people. Yeah. Like, you don't, you know, if you game with a wireless mouse, it is, oh, my God, <laughs> right. I can't believe you do that. Right. The latency, you right. need, you need platinum and gold right. fiber when I would, connections. When I would play against people on StarCraft Two and told them, oh, you know, apologies for my bad, because, you know, you chat, mm -hmm. typing's really bad, so I'm sorry, I'm typing on a mini keyboard on my Surface Pro. And they're like, what? And like, yeah, oh and I'm God. using a wireless mouse. Come on, and scrub. <laughs> like, it's like, and you're platinum? This is crazy. How are you doing this? It's like, well. Does it make you feel bad about yourself? Yeah, right, you're in the same right. league as me? Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, my concerns about that is that uh, it seems like a very wasteful uh, way to game, though, uh, in terms of power. Like, mm -hmm. I'm powering up my Xbox. And this PC. You mean as far as electricity. Yeah. Yeah. Like as a, someone who has environmental concerns, you know, like I like to think I'm uh, conscious about um, my footprint. Mm -hmm. um, it seems like. Or I could be patient and wait till the living room frees up. <laughs> so Should there's I not always tell like. tell you my lights dim when I turn my computer on? Because mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> it pulls so much power. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. It cost me a lot of money in electricity bills, <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. But, uh, you know, you certainly. And, uh, yeah, you're right. Like, I'm not the most environmentally conscious yeah. person, but I do turn my computer off when I'm not using yeah. it, you know, for yeah. the same uh, reasons. And I recycle a little bit. But, uh, but no, I, I would feel kind of weird having it, multiple systems on. But more than that, even, because I'm only a little bit of an yeah. environmentalist, uh, more than that, it would make your house that much hotter. Yeah. Right? These true. two systems, two kind of high-power <laughs> systems just pumping heat out yeah. um, the whole time. So you think about gaming in the summer, you're just like, oh, God. Uh, it's like a furnace. So um, <laughs> so maybe that idea of a dumb terminal isn't such a bad one. After, right, right? Just a little draw, tiny so, yeah. fan in there yeah. even. Uh -huh. You know, maybe if not. But uh, no, I mean, there's certain elements that I, I hope it works – you know, I hope it very minimum requirements. At least the Steam box, that's its sole purpose. It's a self-contained unit. It's not trying to run a whole operating yeah. system. Its sole purpose is singularly on showing the video receiving mm -hmm. input. So it can be a low-power device, and it can be very performant because that's its one task. Mm -hmm. Windows, on the other hand, is trying to do this and sort of mm -hmm. cycle everything else mm -hmm. it has to do. And so there's concerns about whether or not it might actually work there. Um, yeah. Interesting potential, though. Okay. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I do intend to install it soon. I'm just kind of waiting for my, my winter lull. So okay. I'm going to put it on my laptop first. Okay. And then yeah. see sort of I'm, what happens there. I already said, yes, give it to me. But I'm now I'm waiting for uh, for it to actually be rolled out because you get the message saying, the oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, just wait. You know, we're rolling it out in steps. I'm like, oh, okay. So now I'm waiting. Can't wait to I see. I believe if you have MSDN access, you can get it now. Oh, okay. Um, and I do, but I just have not looked. So okay. I will roll it out here as soon as uh, yeah, probably. End of September, but um, I, I am curious. I may just do parallels um, and run it as a, a virtual system until I get used to it. But uh, has potential. I am excited for it. Um, but years of disappointment has taught me to curb my excitement, <laughs> and not just for Windows, but just any new technology. Um, it's just hey, it's never going to be as good as you think it's going to be. So um, we'll we'll see how that goes. But uh, anything else on the Windows? topic no um, i think the only concern i had about windows 10 was that i saw this alarmist title about um 
Windows 10 being able to, uh, without your knowledge, detect whether or not you're trying to run pirated software or something like that and mm. shut you down. Um, but from what I understand, it's it's really only about modern online-only games where someone is trying to uh, hack it so that... Like that punk buster system or whatever it was. Yeah, so that yeah. you it, it can't get onto the network but allows you to play anyways. And that, the system will say like, hey, you're not running legitly. I'm going to have to shut you down because... Mm-hmm. That's not how this the system is all based on the integrity of the cloud and online connectivity. And yeah. if you're trying to, if you're trying to, like, um, dupe us, integrated experience. Yeah, if yeah. you're trying to dupe it, then uh, I'm going to have to disallow this app. Uh, but it doesn't affect things like you know, oh, I run emulated old Nintendo games. Mm-hmm. Or As someone who stuff. runs pirated yeah. software a lot, <laughs> which I'll say on the <laughs> internet, um, slight concern. It it's that whole like. You have one side of it just saying, "Hey, man, it, it's cool." It's just going to be kind of like a like a, a helper going, "Hey, by the way, you know this maybe not." Or and then you have the other side saying, "This is going to be like 1984. <laughs> They're recording everything about you. They get uh-huh. your DNA from your uh-huh. keyboard. Like, like we're going to make clones of you, shoot you, replace you with a clone, uh-huh. and then they're just going to start living your life." And it's like, um, okay, it's probably the truth. Is probably somewhere in the middle uh-huh. there. Um, I have concerns about an operating system that monitors me. Then again, I'm not that concerned mm-hmm. because it's not like I'm super elite hacker um of course i say that because i am a super elite hacker and i don't <laughs> want anyone actually checking up on me um but yeah i, I don't know it, it, it could be cool but uh that's really kind of the first i've, I've heard of that from an alarmist standpoint uh-huh. um but i could certainly see that being a problem i i i knew windows 10 everyone's kind of freaking out because hey they're going to harvest some of your personal data oh and I, I who cares yeah. <laughs> i mean Facebook harvests all my data. Mm-hmm. So does Google. So does Twitter. Everyone mm-hmm. harvests everything about me. I'm not that interesting of a person. Mm-hmm. Fine. <laughs> you know, everyone's just like, the Connect can watch you yeah. all the time. Fine. They're going to yeah. see me in my living room and I'm going to be playing video games. But like, it's the principle of the thing, don't you think? Because if Microsoft has been proven to, say, surrender that data to a government entity, when. The government already has it. I mean, (laughs) so it's like either surrender to the internet or don't get on it at all. But that those are Mm. only two options. Well, yeah, I mean, certainly that's not what you would want. But what I'm saying is, Facebook harvests your data. So Mm -hmm. does Google. So does every other service. So if Microsoft does it, it's not like they're going to learn anything new about Mm -hmm. me, right? (laughs) Like if I could live in a world where they didn't harvest any of my data, none of these services, that would be optimal. Mm -hmm. But I don't live in that world, mm-hmm. and ideally, no one really cares about my information. Mm-hmm. They just want to sell me stuff, yeah. and so it's not like anyone's like nefariously going. Yeah, now uh-huh. I have all of your data. Uh-huh. I'm going to, I don't know, build a bomb, uh-huh. and it's going to be specially encoded to you. No, I mean they're just like, hey, I see you like cats. Mm-hmm. Check out this picture of uh-huh. a cat with my uh-huh. product on it's it. It's a slippery, slippery slope from certainly... cats to bombs directly oh. aimed at your. Taste to 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 hit a, a well. Go ahead. Yeah, go you're ahead. gonna say like, oh my god, this cake looks so delicious. What you don't know is like it's designed to poison just you. It's, it's because it's, it's yeah. I'm saying yeah, <laughs> they, they mind like they mind you from the day of your birth to to the right point where they're ready to strike. He's running for president. Let's get him now. All right. So that uh, that reminded me of something uh-huh. else, and and I'm gonna geek out for a second here and talk about Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Um. So just kind of made me think of this. 
I play Dungeons and Dragons. You play yeah. Dungeons and Dragons with me, actually. Um, but uh, so I remember um, back in Dungeons and Dragons uh, 3.5 edition or something like that, I bought this third-party supplement called like the Poison Crafter's Book. And it was all about making poisons and stuff. And the only reason I'm bringing this up, and the only reason I thought of this, is there was one feat you could take there you could craft what was called a signature poison, <laughs> um, specifically made to kill one person. And to to do this, you actually had to like – study them closely almost live with them for like a year mm-hmm. and then a year of game time which uh-huh. is a really long time when an entire night might be spent on a 24 second battle um and then you craft this poison and they consume it and then make a check and they either die or does nothing you gotta spend another year trying again and it just made me think of that You're like especially crafted yeah. poison why especially crafted poison why not just poison <laughs> just give it directly to someone um why, why specially craft it uh, but uh, man, anyway, but because uh, yeah. so specific is your hatred, or <laughs> or because singularly focused, yeah, or because you're just going to apply it, sort of like um like a signature uh, pesticide, just spray it over everything, but it only kills a certain. Oh, plant. that's that's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I, I kind of like to think is like, you know, the people working for Xbox, and they do use the Kinect to spy on you, yeah. and uh, they're just sitting around in their their secret shadowy yeah. laboratory, watching your camera and going, "Mike, what is that? Are they they putting frosted flakes on pizza? Why would you eat that? Yeah. Oh my god!" Like, I don't actually put frosted flakes on pizza, but you know, like watch people and just like just be like weirded out by their human weirdness mm. and think. Why would anyone want to walk, care about any of that? And the only answer is they just want to sell you stuff. Uh-huh. But um, I think the best thing to come out of this conference from this past weekend, mm-hmm. Game Loop, um, and I'm going to say it here, so I, I, I apologize to the folks I was talking about because I'm about to spoil your super awesome multi-million dollar idea here on the internet. But uh, apparently there was a lot of interest when going around uh, in, in designing these, uh, these topic discussions in dating sims, right? Mm-hmm. Which not something that I'm particularly into or ever have been into, but apparently a lot of people really into dating sims. So cool. All right. But then someone sitting next to me, and I forget their name. I believe the guy's name was Jess, uh, uh, said something along the lines of a cat dating sim. (laughs) And I thought, my God, if there has ever been a license to print money. (laughs) Imagine a game where you have two cats and it just lists their personality. And you put them in a room and your job is just to put items in the room that they enjoy <laughs> to entice them to play together and eventually date. <laughs> like, can you imagine the monetization of that? Like, you have to spend so many coins to buy this right. particular right. catnip uh-huh. dispenser, right? You can either get coins from watching this yep. video or pay uh-huh. real money yep. or whatever. Right. Like, oh, my God. And some of these are consumable, like, like like the wand with the feather at the end. It's like, yeah, you know what? They play with it. Five minutes later, that feather is shredded. Or you just yeah, the, the, get the another special one. food or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Like, talk about just money. <laughs> <laughs> Mixing cats and dating sims and the whole world just immediately shut down because no one left their houses <laughs> because everyone's playing this game. So um, anyway, that was anecdotal because I had mentioned cats, I guess. But uh, <laughs> at this point, uh, I think we've hit kind of all of the topics that we wanted to. Anything mm-hmm. else you wanted to add? Kind of cut the Windows 10 conversation short no, no, let's long. No, let's, I think that's good. Do we have an episode? I think we have an episode. I do want to mention, though, mm-hmm. that the announcement uh, for EverQuest 2, that they have a new prison server. 
where they're implementing a prison server. All I don't the bad even know players. what you're talking about. EverQuest 2, the MMO? Uh-huh, I know yeah, that. They're but... adding they're a new server that's their prison server. Oh, all bad, bad players, players. Uh-huh. get sent to the yeah. same. It's the Australia yeah. of MMO servers. Yeah. You're just yeah. like, hey, we're not going to ban you. We're just going to send I'm you. I'm surprised that hasn't happened sooner. Like, in general for games, like where anybody who does these certain things, we just put them in the same place. And yeah, they well, I mean, up. Xbox is, the new Xbox is doing that where your reputation kind of determines who right. you play with and stuff like that. But uh, interesting. We'll talk more about this next time. Because okay. it really alludes to more societal intonations, uh-huh. I suppose. Of, of you know, you have these people playing your software, and they're disruptive. You could just ban them. You really mm-hmm. could. But no, we're gonna build a special awesome. bad shame fortress and mm-hmm. make you play there. Or, or is it necessarily even a shame fortress? It's that we I would join it willingly. Yeah, like, it's like you because players are allowed right. to join that server. Right. Right, and I would just be like, "Hell yeah, I'll be on the, right. I'll be on the weird ass server with yeah. all the prison folks." You want to engage the software this way? Okay, who am I to tell? You just can't disrupt your fellow players, but there are people who are like minded. Mm-hmm. Give you a place to play. The disruption yeah. is the yeah. way you play right. with the game. Right. To some people, knocking down the sandcastle is how you play right. the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like a place where we would uh, breed the gaming equivalent of a uh, sadu. How, how do you say it in Dune? Sadukar, the the elite. Um, uh, Harkonnen warriors, they're, they're put into this desolate, terrible planet from y- a young age, and then they just survive for decades, <laughs> and they come out of it. Uh, these elite warriors for the bl- most bloodthirsty. Uh, oh, man. Just like, you merely adapted to trolls. I was born with them, yes. molded by them. <laughs> right, right. I did not see Care Bear right. servers until right. I was already a man. You used the darkness. <laughs> I was born in it. <laughs> I wondered what would break first, your bandwidth or your spirit. <laughs> that's an episode oh my god so there we go that all right so what is this episode five six five was last time no i wait i, I thought we have to get to seven we're not at seven yet we're not at seven yet okay a lot of like promote you have to be at seven yeah. so next time okay we're just gonna have non-stop quotes from bane <laughs> playing video games and uh we will be at episode seven and we'll make some puns or something about that <laughs> but uh all right so um that was uh mike's gaming podcast uh my name is mike Geig. and i'm michael Wu. and uh thank you for listening and uh bye bye <laughs>